The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live, hidden in a trapped street, it's Doctor Who, Pachak. Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 333. Doctor Who Pachak! And this is Louis Trapani, and joining me on this show is none other than Kyle Jones. Hello, Kyle. Hello, hello. Good afternoon, good morning, and good day wherever you are. It's glad to be here. I'm excited to get ready to discuss what we're about to discuss about Clara, so glad to be here. And good evening for, for you left out evening, so I just want to be more inclusive. Oh, evening. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Don't forget the Because we don't know when you're listening to this. You could be listening to this, you know, whenever. So, or uh, wherever, or however. <laughs> I'm sure all of it applies, because you must be somewhere and, well, I'm not going to go through the particulars. But, well, hey, it's all relative. It's all relative. And um, and speaking of relatives, we have with us uh, a relative of the show, a longtime relative. Taras Natitian is with us. Hello, Taras. Hello, hello. Good unspecified time period. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you here as well. Um, we My are. Nice to be here. It's great. Yeah. No. Um, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. Step on your words before. Um, so we are live here, and joining us, sh- who's not here, who will be joining us shortly, as um, he's wrapping up his show that he's um, hosting as we speak right now is, and it's a special day for him. So when he does come, you have to join us all in giving him a big warm welcome and a big happy uh, birthday message. Is uh, None other than Dave A.C. Cooper. So he'll be joining us um, momentarily. And speaking of birthdays... It uh, it will be a surprise. It will be a surprise. We'll all have to duck and cover and hide in a hidden, in a trapped, in a trapped street. Street. An art trapped street. An art trapped street. An art trapped street. Just don't like. Don't ask me to say that ten times fast. <laughs> I have a hard enough time saying it one time slow. 
All right. So, um, but speaking of birthdays, uh, uh, we have a big birthday tomorrow for Doctor Who fans. Uh, as t- we record this, it's the 22nd of November. And on the 23rd of November of each year, we celebrate a little anniversary of our little traveling Time Lord and TARDIS. It's, uh, what is it, the 52nd now? Anniversary? 52nd, yes. 52. 52nd. So, it's an earthly child, yeah. It's, if each year was a playing card and a deck of cards, we would have a full deck now. I have no idea what that means. Darn but it. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's 52 years, you know. It's hard to believe that uh, 50, we are, tomorrow will mark the 52nd anniversary because I still remember, you know, we were, you know, all anticipating the 50th anniversary and that was still, like, you know, in the near future and now it's in the near past. But as we always say, time is all relative and relatively speaking and you know timey-wimey so it could still if you're listening to this somehow, somehow if you're listening to this in the past it's uh still in the future yeah yowzers okay <laughs> so uh we as we're here live um and it is the 22nd of november and if anyone's um piecing together we are here live to review the most recent episode that went out on the 21st of november um or as tress says depends on where you're located it may or may not have gone out on that date but um for the most part um it debuted on the 21st at least we can say it did on the bbc and uh that's face the raven it almost sounds like a game show or a, or a news show one of those sunday morning news you know like face the nation face the raven <laughs> <laughs> you know a beat the clock it sounds like something from game of thrones yes it does <laughs> i'll take your word on that and not that i have i just haven't seen it so i I'll, I'll have to take your word on it well they use ravens for sending messages oh okay in Game of Thrones. I got you. And Maisie Williams is a major character in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that I knew. That's that connection. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what her character was or, you know, you know, the, the particulars, but I knew she was from, from that series. And that's and that's on, what, HBO or? Yes, I'm, HBO, yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's any major news as far as I'm just looking to what um, Kyle so kindly put together here um not really a lot of major news as far as um from last week to this week we are um the overnight ratings as kyle has um posted here are um this is for last night's episode or no it was yeah, from last UK. week was this from oh, oh it's up from last week okay so overnight ratings is 4.2 4, 4.42 i'm sorry 4.42 million up from 4.0 million last week. So there's probably was some anticipation going into this episode. I think most of us, or at least those that have been following the series somewhat, knew that this was going to be a... Oh, and well, I guess, you know what, before we go, since there's really not much news, you know, before I go any further speaking about this episode, as always... Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 So get your car accessories here. We're talking about spoilers. 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 
Yeah, so. Oh, and it looks like our friend from another planet is in the room. So, uh, All right. Well, everyone duck and cover. Run <laughs> hide. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get him on board. He's, um, he, he's getting on board audio. He still hasn't arrived via chat, but he's, uh, he's knocking on the door. Last time I did this and I unmuted him, it's it somehow the system muted him again and I had to unmute him again and then Is he here? Yeah, I think he's here. Silence has fallen. Silence has fallen. Can you fallen. hear me? Can we you hear, hear me? you now. I I was a bit confused because I couldn't hear singing. Oh, well, that's because we we sang before you got here. But we'll 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 do an encore performance. Um well, is that copyright now clear? Can we now sing it and on on a recording? I've heard. Um, well, apparently they faked the uh, that there was a copyright on. It, well, the, uh, well, it was. It was a scam, wasn't it, or something? So, yes. is it? Are we now free to do it? Are we free to sing it, or do we have to change it? Like birthday happiness well, to you, birthday have, happiness to you. Wibbly wobbly to you, wibbly wobbly to you. We would have a defense if we were sued by them at this point, but oh. uh, that would probably be a waste of their money to now try to <laughs> continue collecting royalties on something that has been proven to be in the public domain. Uh, you could pretend to sing it so badly when you're perfect singers <laughs> that they wouldn't recognize it. <laughs> happy no, birthday joking. to you. Well, happy, happy. To you. Another happy solar birthday. return. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, congratulations on another um, trip around the sun. Ah, thank you. I'm getting a bit sunburned. Huh? Yeah. And you'll be burned. You'll be burned out by the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> if you aren't yet. If you aren't yet. So you haven't missed much. We we just were uh, sort of, um, you know, just about to go into the review section. We did our um, obligatory um, spoiler. spoiler alert. So. Um, oh, there's going to be spoilers in this. Yeah, we're we're, we're talking about coffins, spoilers, air dams, and um, and mufflers. So, okay, uh, welcome to Car Shock. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, I hope you're doing well. Happy birthday once again, and um, once again, you're you're turning 39, and you don't look a day over 35. Uh, I was going to say 30, so, I mean, you know, darn it. <laughs> oh, if you say 30, I can go out with Clara. That's good. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you... She's gone... Uh, we, already did the spo- we already did the spoiler alert, so we, we can say that, you know, in a, in, a, in a puff of smoke, she's gone. Well, it's just another Clara death. Well, that's true, yeah. Because there are multiple Claras, and we've already seen a few of them on screen. Right. Good point. And you know, let's just get and you know, let's just get the elephant out of the room. We know she's you know we know she's gone. She's you know we we've had the death. Uh, you know, for me, this was the first time since it's come back in 2005. I've watched it live, 
and not gotten really, really emotional when a companion left. I mean, when Amy left, when Rose left, you know, Martha, um, you know, every single one, Donna, every single one got emotional. This one, you know, it was like, okay, I kind of got the choked up a little bit and then, you know, okay, well, no. And then I started thinking, well, she's already died on screen. You know, we've seen two times that she's died already. It kind of takes the sting away a little bit. There's not that much of a punch to it. Yeah, I I have to say I, I'm with you. I I didn't I didn't. I mean, I thought maybe I was just a dead fish, but I didn't get any more. I didn't get emotional at all. I think I got more emotional with um, the passing of Adric than I did. I mean that, that. I mean again, I like Clara. I just um, it's just I don't know. It just didn't. Right. I mean, it, it had anything. nothing to do with the way it was. Written or heartless, anything. so and so's heartless, so and so's a liar. So, so, Dave, what do you think? Because I know you were a big Clara fan. Oh, I was absolutely devastated. Although I can see that it is probably the correct time for her. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, you dropped out there for a bit. Button. Yeah, I think I hit the wrong button. I, I was going with her. I was going with her. <laughs> um. I mean, do you want me to just talk to the specific point? I'll just give my thoughts on the episode. Um, either or, if you um, if you want to talk about that, if you want to talk about the whole episode, we'll we'll start we'll start with a uh, a clip from the story, and then we can dive into that. And then we, then once we get to the point where you know Clara bids her farewell, you can go more into detail. Okay. All right. So strap yourselves in. Here's the countdown. Hello? Clara, finally. It's Rixie. Oh, Rixie. Hey, what's wrong? So I have this, uh... It kind of looks like a tattoo. Seriously, I gave you this number for emergencies. It's an emergency, trust me. Just come and take a look here, please. Who said you could give out my number? Look, look, no matter how bad it is, we cannot take you back down your timeline just to fix a tattoo. That's just it. I didn't get a tattoo and it's... It's counting down. Sorry, what? The tattoo. It's a number and it's counting down to zero. Hang tight, we'll be right there. Hurry. So I have to confess, and I didn't. When I was first watching it, I'm like, "Who's Rigsby again?" <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Flatline, and. Um, so I, it was sort of um, a little jarring there because I was like, why don't I remember Rigsby? And then um, it, I, then I pieced it together. Uh, but before we go any further, we should just um, um, explain who's in this episode and um, and who wrote this episode. Uh, once again, uh, obviously, this is a 12th Doctor story starring Peter Capaldi as the Doctor and Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald. Um, this is, what, the ninth episode in this series? 
Tenth. Tenth episode. Tenth. Okay, so we have uh, two more. Yes, that would make sense. We have two more to go after this. And um, so the, the uh, and it's um, uh, it's uh, written by Sarah Dalid and directed by Justin uh, Mala Mala, the same director that we had last Malotnikov. week. Thank you. Malotnikov. Thank <laughs> you. Help stab a ringer. Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, uh, executive producer is Stephen Moffat and um, and Brian Mish, um, Minchkin. Minchin. 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 I won't mention again. I won't mention it again. All right. <laughs> so uh, guest stars is uh, the character that we were just speaking of is um, Jovan Wade, uh, Rigsby, and um, and and I already did the spoiler alert. So and we're going to assume that you've seen it already. So um, also returning is um, is um, uh, is it Miss um, Massey? Maisie. Maisie. Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. Thank you. Any other notables that we should mention as far as um, supporting cast? Yes, I think. Uh, well, you've mentioned him actually. The, the one who played Rump, Simon Maisley Day. I think. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. I so. I, oh right. Si- so Simon Paisley Day. Um, played Rump, the, the the tall one of the of the aliens who came to meet them at the entrance yeah. of the street. Okay. The taller one, the the, the scruffy looking one. Um, I thought he he was a very believable and uh, a very good character, especially when. The doctor quizzes him later on, and he and he says, hey, "You know this man died, you know, even though you know he's probably not guilty." And he quite silly says, "Yeah, if it means harmony and nobody else suspects, you know, we don't expect one of our own. Let, let the outside the outsider take the uh, the rap." Uh, I thought he was a very believable character. Yeah, so he was uh, sort of uh, welcomed them when they found this. Trap Street, which, um, you know, the, the reason why it's called Trap Street, Trap, uh, Trap Street is because uh, map makers would often sometimes put false streets in or, or make intentional errors in maps just to see um, if they show up on other maps and then they know that their, theirs was actually used as source material if the error repeats itself. So hence the, the, the this hidden street they called it a trap street even though really if it was a tr- in a true sense if it was a trap street it wouldn't exist at all but <laughs> but we, uh, we we we're giving them license to uh, to call it that so and as uh, I heard from Darth he said uh, and of course it literally is a trap street it's a trap for the doctor yes it's well, true I hadn't thought of that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this trap street was very reminiscent of Diagon Alley from Harry Potter. I thought that too, but it's not the same, is it? It, It's not the same one, is it? No, no, no. I think it's it's, it's, it's different enough not to to be feeling falling foul of that. And I took a little bit, if you've uh, read any of uh, Neil Gaiman's books, particularly Neverwhere with his uh, Under London, uh, it had a very much of a feel of that to it to me. Um, um, and, of course, we know that Neil Gaiman has written for Doctor Who, so this uh, this new writer, Sarah Dollard, uh, may well be familiar with his work. Not that that means 
which is extracted from it. And uh, and I suppose um, the, the look and fit, is, it was almost a, a little bit of Dickensian London in there, wasn't it? Well, and, and also like a, a hint of uh, Men in Black as well with the uh, alien refugees. Oh, yeah. And the retcon. Which well, the retcon is Torchwood. Yeah, I know, but but wasn't that also used in uh, Men in Black? The, the flashy thingy. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, there's sonic screwdrivers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like a recursive influence. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't someone from the street? I told you already there wasn't anyone up the end of the street except Anna and the human. I've identified 27 different species on the street so far, 15 of whom are known for aggression. Why is it so hard to believe that one of them is capable of murder? Capable of murder, yeah. Capable of killing Anna. No. Why not? What's so special about her? It was the way she looked at you, like she understood. One glance into your past and she felt it all. Every battle, every loss. So you just want the human dead, is that it? You don't get it, do you? If the human didn't do it, that means one of us did it, which means folks start pointing fingers, turning on each other. And once we turn on each other in here, that's it. I might as well be back in a war zone. So you'll just let Rigsy die? To keep the peace? Yeah, I will. Your friend acting like he was all scared of us, calling for a doctor. What? I know. The cheek of it. Humans can survive losing entire limbs. And I'm supposed to believe that he... Shut up. Shut up. The other thing I said, the second thing. What, 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 you said he was scared and... And he asked the mayor to call him a doctor. Poor Anna. Dead at his feet. Did he say a doctor or the doctor? This is very, very important. The doctor. There was nothing wrong with him, mind you. It was all just your standard human lies. And that was the actor in question that we were just mentioning. Yeah. So tell me this, when did you guys figure out that this was a setup? I don't think it was till quite some way in, but um, it depends on how much you knew going into this episode. I think, uh, from what I've heard, a lot of people's enjoyments were slightly marred by the fact that they... Knew, not, not the fact that it, that it was a trap, but the, 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 how the story was going to unfold and... Um, that a major character was uh, uh, was due to leave. Again, we've given the spoiler warning, so we don't have to be too careful in what we say here now. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think uh, uh, this is one instance where if you had been completely able to avoid spoilers, uh, and that was difficult. Yeah. Even, even Graham Norton show with the with Peter Capaldi being quizzed um, at, uh, at all, but admitted that it was Clara's last episode. Um, so. I think a lot of people were were focusing on that rather than that. Th- that may have misdirected them in some way of thinking it a trap to the doctor. So, to answer your question, I think they were more trying to figure out: is this going to be a, a double bluff, and Clara is going to emerge and, and, and unscathed? Even though we've had, as I think most of you guys will agree with me on, that uh, we've had this increasingly erratic. Behavior by Clara, we're taking it risk taking. They've 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 played that into the last three or four things. Now, whether you feel that's been done subtly or or, or hurriedly or what, I don't know. But there's certainly been this element of uh, her taking these risks as was being an adrenaline uh, junkie, so to speak. Right. Well done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
And uh, uh, Colin, to, to answer your question, I, I would I would guess if um, if I'm remembering correctly, I, I first must admit that I've only had time to watch it once so far. But the the first you know so the first and only time watching it, I think it was. I mean, it was made very clear that it was probably a trap once we realized that the the um, the stasis device that was holding the stasis field had a key that was that accepted the TARDIS key. So that was sort of like right. you know, that was made it obvious that it was a trap. Well, yeah. I felt it was kind of a trap the, the minute that they stepped on those stones and it held them. So that was uh. like very early on mm-hmm. when they're within the confines of the entrance to the street yeah. and they get caught in that that was obvious signal that this is a trap. Especially the behavior of the three people that came out to investigate them. Right. Well, yeah, I, I, I went quiet then because it suddenly dawned on me when, when you said that, Lewis, about the key, that that in a way may well give a hidden clue to, to um, you know, what is behind all this kidnapping. And by the way, I should just say one thing I didn't know going into this episode is I thought this was either going to be part two following on from last week are a standalone episode. Last week was a standalone list. I didn't realise until I checked the wiki page today that this is classed as part one of a three-part story. Well, it did say to be continued at the end, so usually Ah, they do that if it's a multiple-part... but but going so into, going it, into watch it, going into watching it, I thought it was going to be a one-off. That's what story. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. You know, I didn't realize it was going to be a because I deliberately Three tried part. to stay away from any any information or anything that might spoil. Even when I, uh, you know, because I, I watch these via iTunes, so there was a, a slight spoiler for me because I. I accidentally started, you know, my eye glanced at the description of the episode when I was about to, uh, you know, because it you never up. read the description. Well, I don't. I don't read it. But my eye <laughs> caught, I caught it, a word like book. returning character. I'm like, oh, well, someone's returning. You know, once once I read that, I mean, I didn't intentionally read it, but it, my eye just happened to catch those words. And I'm like, you know, and I quickly like, you know, stop, you know, moved my eye away from it so that I wouldn't read anymore. But I, I knew someone was returning. <laughs> You must have a sound camera in your eye, Lewis. <laughs> oh, heck. You've got something you in gotta, your you eye. Well, actually, I, eye. you know, it's... The truth be told, I actually did have something in my eye last night, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this would have been more appropriate last week. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know what... I don't know if I scratched my eye or what, something. It just felt like it was in the corner of my eye. <laughs> I'm not kidding. All right. Well, um, did, you, did you blank? I well, yeah, many times. Yes. <laughs> Good or bad? bad? Yeah. Hopefully, it's not an angel. <laughs> you. You listen to me. You're going to be alone now, and you're very bad at that. You're going to be furious, and you're going to be sad. But listen to me. Don't let this change you. No, listen. Whatever happens next, wherever she is sending you, I know what you're capable of. You don't be a warrior. Promise me. Be a doctor. 
What's the point of being a doctor if I can't cure you? Heal yourself. You have to. You can't let this turn you into a monster, so... I'm not asking you for a promise. I'm giving you an order. You will not insult my memory. There will be no revenge. I will die, and no one else here or anywhere will suffer. Just to touch upon something that I was just talking about before the clip was about returning characters. I mean, other than um, Rigsby and, and Mayor Me or whatever name she's going by right now, other than those two characters, we did see some... Rigsby and Ashilder. Yeah, but isn't, isn't she not using that name anymore? It's not, well, the doctor she keeps, keeps forgetting that that's her name. Yeah. So I um, I thought she was maybe going by um, was it mayor was it the mayor May mayor May it was the mayor of the street yeah because she she said I choose I chose myself a title just like you chose one for you yeah so um, the mayor if you like so also returning we did see um, Santarans uh, no we saw a, a Santaran Jadoons plural and then Anud and the Cybermen as well that they were all. With uh, refugees in this street, this trapped tr- uh, street, which they all seem to be all always outside in the street. <laughs> I guess they don't they don't have proper homes, but they're the the I guess it's a, a very active street. Um, we don't know so, how, so how this, many refugees there are. So this makes proper companion death with episodes that featured a Cyberman equal to two. And those that featured a Dalek only equal to one. Ah, I, that's a point I would never have. Those dots I would never have connected. Yeah. Interesting. I, I did like the fact that the the the, the police were actually Jadoon. Although uh, one one thing that surprised me somewhat is this rather large uh, character sat at a, a table outside a, a restaurant or a bar or whatever it was. Uh, looking very violent towards them and stood up. He was about six foot six. And then when his mask dropped, um, he was a Santaran. He was supposed to be about five foot tall. Um, so whether that was part and parcel of his, uh, his you know... His Mental guy. projection or, yeah. or whatever. His yeah, telepathic so failed. Yeah, so you have to say. And I did like those um, the way the street was lit because that had a dual function. Uh, the lurk worms, I think they were called, that provided the light, which are a little bit re- reminiscent of the memory worms from yeah, the Christmas they're, story. They're like glow um, worms that were that, that somehow put this like you know deception filter, deception filter, if you will. Yeah. So um, the clip that we just had it was just jumped forward to uh, when the when Clara realizes um, that she's um, you know that that the Raven's going to come to now. This Raven's really the Quantum Shade. 
Is this anything to is this any relationship to um the shade that we've seen before with the Cybermen and those like door creatures or anything like that? Is uh, is it the those same? were cyber shades? Those are cyber. No, it's just called the shade. I think this one there, but it, it it seems to be their instrument rather than. I mean, the, I I assume the thing is that these things that are in this street. Maisie, although she's lived, what, do we think 8,900 years by now from the time of the Vikings, she's obviously gathered a lot of assurance and a lot of wealth and a lot of influence, a lot of confidence, but she seems to have uh, done a deal with this unknown group, uh, and they provided her with this facility, this thing where she's, she's in a way, she couldn't protect her Viking village, but this is her, you know, her way of you know, it's her project in life. And she, of course, from an earlier episode, we heard that uh, part and parcel of her remit is um, the Doctor might protect the Earth, but she protects the Earth from the Doctor. Um, now, maybe she's not the instigator of this plan, of this trap, but it serves her very, very nicely because she's she wants to keep the Doctor under control, and yet that is the means whereby which she's given this this safe harbour. Um, and again, without getting political, it's a little bit um, on the nose with the, all the um, refugee-type things that are happening uh, that have been referenced in a couple of stories now, I think. Yeah. I... But, but, on the, but, on the, but on the same note, did, did she, in making this deal with whoever they are, in turn inadvertently create the enemy that she was trying to prevent from having. Because she obviously looked remorseful when she realized what had actually happened, that, you know, Tara, uh, Clara had taken the um, tattoo and everything. She obviously looked remorseful, but it, it reminded me of, of a situation where you made a decision and you really didn't think about the consequences, hence making whatever deals she made with whoever they are. Well, she's also, uh, in a way, slightly, well, quite a bit responsible for Clara's predicament because she she gave Clara an absolute assurance. So although we know that Clara's been taking greater and greater risks, you know, if you'd have assessed that situation with what has gone on before with the Doctor, one might think that that reassurance uh, aligned with, you know, what else was happening would be, you know... As she says, she's done it as a, a strategy. She didn't. She wasn't committing suicide. She worked out that she had a, a, a cast iron guarantee that she wouldn't be harmed. Basically, a get out of jail free card, wasn't it? Yeah. In, the, in this episode, it's nice that they brought Rigsby back because in the previous episode where we saw him, uh, Clara was kind of playing the role of the doctor and Rixie was playing the role of her companion, so to speak, while the doctor was stuck in the shrunk TARDIS. And then here we have Clara again taking upon herself to make the decisions and Rixie is again her, so to speak, companion in this. And uh, we see that she doesn't really think it all the way through because she has the information there. She just 
missed the part about you can't cheat the Raven, the Quantum right. Shade. And that's where you end up with the two uh, counter-opposing uh, situations where, yes, the Shilder promised that uh, she would be safe, but you cannot cheat the Quantum Shade. So it's just a matter of who is really the force that is prevailing in this situation. And obviously, the Shilder, the mayor, was uh, a puppet of somebody else, the, whoever created or controls the quantum shade that she has been given to, to use to trap the doctors. And now it, she's caught in this situation where she didn't really understand who was the real villain, and that's somebody who apparently will find out over the course of the next episode or two. Yeah, she well, was <laughs> she was the uh, Lando Calrissian of, uh, of Empire Strikes Back, you know, where she was sort of a, you know, um, well, we assume she had her hands tied and, um, yes. and had set this trap for the doctor. Sorry, Kyle. It looked as though she was controlling the raven because when that first, well, it wasn't a human, it was a cyberman, wasn't it? But the the first man that died, um, the, the the markings came from her body. That that seemed to set the 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 raven in motion. Then the raven. Right. She she was given it as a tool to yeah. control this area, but it was given to her by somebody who we don't know yet. Right. And so, and then when it, that man died, the markings came back on her body. But with the switch that Clara had done, she was then saying effectively, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the raven's been summoned, but not from... Because the, the markings didn't leave her body. We heard the raven, the raven as the clock was ticking down, you know, it had it had sensed the the chain. There was one little close-up of the Raven midway when Clara took the tattoo upon herself, and we saw the Raven squawking. So it had sensed that the the commitment had moved, and therefore, with this one, I think she says, "You broke my contract." So she she wasn't the one that initiated. Right, two minutes, send the Raven off. The Raven went off from its its main masters, it one assumes, unless that is the creature itself. But I'm assuming it's some sort of familiar, like the witch's familiar that's been re referred to. That's a an agent of uh, yeah. the shade. Yeah. Well, I'm. We're, well, at least I'm assuming that that, that we'll f discover as the story unfolds who's behind this um, this raven, this shade, uh, you know, quantum shade raven, whatever it is. It's it's kind of confusing. Um, but it's and you know, uh, uh, you know, on something that you said, we'll find out on you know who's behind. And you know, I would like to comment on the other aspect that we haven't mentioned of the shade, which was the countdown tattoo, which was basically a chrono clock. And if you look at a shoulder's tattoo that she has now, they seem to have a circular nature to them. So you. I'm just going to leave it at that. They have a circular uh, nature, and they have, uh, and it's called a chrono clock. 
so like I said, I'll leave it at that. Well, let me add into that maybe as well. What what you said, Lewis, was the was the fact that this trap was the that this particular medical thing that was where this one was in the stasis, um, it could be unlocked by a TARDIS key. Well, yeah, who would who would know how uh, to create a lock yeah, that a TARDIS key exactly. would fit? That um, may lead as a clue because not anybody could do that. Um, yeah, well, that's that's what I, that's what I was thinking as well, along the same lines, which I think Kyle is, is implying. With you know, and, and Lewis, if you don't want to get spoiled, don't read the episode descriptions for the next two episodes. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I normally I don't, so I, I won't now. But I don't. well, I'm just giving yeah. you a prior warning so you don't get spoiled. Okay, I've seen them, so. Right. And I'm holding my tongue. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Making it Jeff, hard to speak. Uh, Jeff, the seventh doctor's in the room with us, but not oh. on audio. And I think, I think it was him that was mentioning to me earlier that, um, and this, um, you know, the, um, the the doctor's device that he carries on him, you know, his will and testament or whatever. Uh, hasn't it been suggested that it's Missy who's been after that? Um, uh, has somebody else been um, after that? Uh, you know, you know his little puck like device, which is the equivalent of his last will and testament, which um, you know uh, seems to be as an important a requirement of this contract than getting the master and uh, getting the master. That was the slip, wasn't it? Getting the doctor uh, uh, with this uh, transportation. Of course, he unlocks the device and he goes in. This thing clamps around his arm, um, and. Uh, but the key seems to have stayed inside that device. So the it, and and there's something to do with the fact that this, you know, without the TARDIS key, either the Doctor can't summon the TARDIS, or the TARDIS can't be used to locate him, or nobody else can use the TARDIS. Um, yeah, there, there, I think there are a few red herrings hereabouts. Yeah, or what we believe to be red herrings. Right, uh, indeed, quite right. And, and we see now, on a at, different note. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say we 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 see at the end of this at the end at the at the very end of this episode after the end credits that is that or after the the preview or whatever it is um, we see the TARDIS uh, that you know had to be there for at least some time there because we see uh, I think it was uh, Rigsby had um, you know made it as a memorial to uh, to Clara. Which, as we know from Flatline, is his uh, his bent, his want. Uh, that was why he was doing communal service in Flatline. Yeah, that's, he'd that's been right. Graffiti artist, and also in that graffiti one, as I say, um, he'd been prepared to drive that train into the flat Flatliners, hadn't he? Uh, and of course, it was Clara who was thinking a little bit more sensibly at the time and less risky. She said, "No, we just tied the dead man's handle with this with this rope." Or, uh, or his belt. With the hairband. Hairband, that was it, right. yeah. But the lad had shown his, his merit and his grit that he'd been prepared to put his life on the line. Um, however, I've got to mention, Darth, who, who often comes on Podshock, um, he, he pointed out that it's a pity that um, this was based in London because the events of Flatline uh, took place in Bristol, which is where... Uh, he was, uh, so he wondered why they transposed it to London. 
Um, I, I think it was just so they could use the, the joke about uh, how long have you been here since Waterloo? Since Waterloo? The battle? No, the station. Uh, I think that was... Uh, and it was that reference to Waterloo and underground stations that made me think of this uh, Neil Gaiman and Neverwhere link. Hmm. Now, on a totally different note, the script writer for this episode is our second female writer for the new series, who has uh, written stuff for Being Human and The Game. Yeah, before uh, writing this uh, this episode, so there's been some uh, uh, let's say consternation in some segments of the fan community about there not being enough female writers on the program, and I'm not sure if it's not for want of trying. It's just that the ducks haven't been able to align to uh, to make it happen. Right. She, she also, I don't know if she didn't wrote scripts, but she was in the script department of uh, for the TV shows Merlin and Primeval. So yes. she's got, uh, she's done her, she's done her, paid her dues, done the uh, the groundwork. And before coming to uh, the UK, she wrote for uh, the Australian soap Neighbours. Well, we know that's science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> What, wasn't that the show that uh, Kylie Minogue was on? Yeah, and Jason Donovan, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's some connections there, tenuous yeah. though they may be. Astrid, yeah. Astrid Pat from uh, the Christmas, one, of the, one of the Christmas ones, yeah. So all in all, this was this was rather a contained episode in a way. I, I, I thought it was very well done. It pays homage to, as we've said, the Harry Potter and other things. And I thought the street was well, very well dressed, different enough. We had all these different uh, appearances of, uh, you know, uh, these different aliens. We had uh, some absolutely stellar acting work, I think. Um, a few people I've seen comment... Um, who were so absolutely thrilled that Maisie Williams was coming into Doctor Who from her appearance on Game of Thrones. Um, uh, what, what, do, what do we guys think? I think her acting in this one was stronger than I've seen it in the earlier ones, but the point was that the two principles were at such high quality that maybe her acting didn't shine as much against that because... You know, this was very powerful, heady stuff. There was some beautiful musical accompaniment, by the way. And, and one of the things, before I hand back to anybody else to talk about May, uh, the actor uh, playing me, uh, was um, the 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 audio. If you listen to some of the the music, it's slightly discordant. We've got some unusual instruments. It looks like double bass is coming in. We hear almost a heartbeat uh, undercurrent to the music. And we almost hear a, 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 a tinkling that so, almost sounds like a, a musical version of the cloister bells. You know, so there's doom and all sorts. But getting back to the acting, what, uh, what do we think about uh, this young lady now coming in? And by the way, I, I think 
this is clarified for anybody who was in doubt. This actress, this this character is not going to become a companion, is she? I mean, uh, she's so set now against the Doctor and the Doctor against her. And also the very fact that she has this long lifestyle. How can you have a companion join the TARDIS, a companion that can't die? I mean... Well, we've had the Doctor offer the Master the chance to be a companion. Oh. Yeah, and we had Romana as well. Right. You, you know, speaking of Maisie Williams, I, you know, I'll add in, I have watched her from the beginning on Game of Thrones and watched the progression of her Arya Stark character over the last, you know, five, six years and totally in love with the character. She is an amazing actress. And seeing her on Doctor Who, you know, you take it from the very beginning when she was introduced as a child, a shielder to the second episode that she was in. You know, I think it's just another example of what a great actress that she is, that she's going to be, or whatever, however you want to describe it, as how she has made you, for me, like and hate this character and feel bad for her all at the same time and not look at her and not see Arya Stark. I th- you know, I think that's, you know, am- amazing. Because if I see David Tennant, if I see Matt Smith, they're still in my mind going to be, oh, that's the doctor. I see Lady May or I see Arya Stark. And, you know, I think she's done a fantastic job, you know, being on Doctor Who. So, Right. Yeah, I thought the acting all around was very good. I, I really didn't. I think everyone did a, um, a, a great job in that respect. Um, you know, even um, uh, Jovian Wade, who played Rigsby, I think did a, a fantastic job in uh, you know the, the part that he played in in this um, episode. You know, I think for uh, Capaldi this episode, those angry eyebrows for the first time looked tremendously sad. And I think that, you know, he did a great job of that, holding back, but at the same time making you feel like, okay, just under, you know, just under that, if you could just get just a little further, he's breaking up inside. And I think he did a great job of that. And turning it immediately after Clara dies onto a shoulder, or lady me, or may or me, and basically saying, get out of my way. Right, uh, Price Budding Brain has put something in text, and I don't. Uh, I'm wondering whether we need to clarify that that's just a theory rather than a spoiler before we read it out. Um, because if it's if it's just this person's theory, uh, Steve, uh, Stephen, isn't it? Yes. Um, um, can you just confirm in text that that's a theory, not a spoiler? Because I don't think we want to read it out. I think it's. I think it's a theory. Well, that's okay. Oh, thank you. Uh, if if it's okay then, Lewis, I'll read that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, just a theory Price Brilliant has said. Uh, uh, she thinks that me will be Mrs. Companion, um, the Master's Companion, in a stolen TARDIS uh, on the way to Menis Gallifrey as the hybrid. Now, I like because the, the, the Master, has the Master ever had a companion? Um, I'm trying to think back now. Well, he's the master had a beard in uh, the third series. He had the wife. 
Well, true. Yeah, and he had uh, he, he teamed up. Well, he sort of he teamed up with Rani for a while there. He had Chameleon, didn't he, as well? Would you call that yeah. a companion? I like that price for your brain. I like the idea of that. An interesting theory. Very, very That's interesting. You wouldn't take me, but someone else would. Very good. Hi, this is Warren Hussein. Thank you for listening to Dr. Who Podshock. Hi, this is Lee Shackelford reminding you that Doctor Who Podshock is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible. Just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 150,000 titles. Let me say that again. 150,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook in it. And these files play on iPhones, Kindles, iPads, any smartphone. In fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Dr. Who Ponchak, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. You can choose anything at all from that vast library, but we know you'll want to get one of their delicious Doctor Who titles. They're performed for you by actors you know and love, wonderful voices, uh, Tom Baker, Paul McGann, David Tennant, on and on it goes. Try it out for 30 days, and if at the end of that month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So... Let me put it this way, free Doctor Who book, right? So here's how to get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash podjock. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash podjock. Pick your free book. You're going to love it. last few minutes of Clara Oswald, that, well, at least one version of her. Well, I think this is the... the uh, we've had the fragmented, we've had the impossible girl. I, 
I'm not sure you can separate or differentiate the two, but I feel as though from from the the time when we got the doctor saying I'm going to look for Gallifrey, and he thought that she was going back to Danny Pink, uh, when of course in fact she wasn't. Uh, from then on, I, I always thought of her as a you know, a single human lifespan, mm -hmm. a single yeah. human having her life. Um, but I thought her. Uh, Jenna Coleman's acting I thought it was astonishing where many people quite rightly uh, praised um, you know uh, Peter Capaldi's acting uh, in the story uh, with the, the, the two boxes and the trying to get the um, you know uh, Bonnie to uh, to come to terms you know the, count the Zygons down as it were and his magnificent speech there with with Clara uh, sorry with Jenna as Bonnie being the foil for it here it, it was a counter reverse uh, Peter Capaldi you know being that foil for her I thought she was absolutely sublime uh, and then of course Peter has his own uh, thing his speech before he gets transported uh, right towards the end of it but to me um the, she's the, been the best actress in Doctor Who, other than the major character of the Doctor, since Blink and Kerry uh, uh, Mulligan, is it, uh, played... Kerry um, Mulligan, who played uh, Sally Sparrow. I think she's, she's on that level, and we know how well she's gone on into movies, so... Um, I think it's unbelievable that we've had such talent in the show. And she's she's my favourite companion um, in the in in the ten years we've been back. Clara has been my favourite companion, even though I didn't like the the direction they had with her and her the, the importance they placed upon her. But her her as an actor delivering all that's been asked of her in a totally believable way. Uh, I'm very sad to see her go, but I do feel as though, you know, it was time for mm -hmm. her to go. Whether this was the right moment, I thought it was in a way, even though you could argue she went for a, a small price. But again, you know, the needs of the one outweighed a few needs of the many. Yeah, I, um, Steve in chat had uh, Rice Pudding Brain had uh, put that she, I was hoping to see. I was hoping that she would tell him that he w that he was a good man in her plea for peace to uh, bookend things. I, th I think that's a that would have been sort of a appropriate huh? as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good man. Yeah. So what will be interesting to see is how well uh, the. The doctor reacts to Clara's plea and whether he can contain his rage as to what uh, Mayor Mia Shilda did as far as causing the situation that Clara put herself into. Right. Um, uh, Jeff has put in text, by the way. Uh, Catherine Tate, Donna Noble, I think is a bit better especially series four Donna. Yeah, I think I probably came to to her portrayal. She was a little bit too uh, what we call fishwife in the, in the UK, a little bit, a bit lippy and a bit mouthy. 
uh, you know, a comic. But she she certainly became uh, a complete actress in it. But yeah, valid point. I think there's an awful lot of Catherine Tate fans. Yeah, I think I have to agree with Jeff. No, no, um, no discredit to Jenna Coleman in any way. Uh, to effectively, if we think about it, we have had, you know, on screen that we have seen as viewers, we've seen her introduce not just one version of Clara. She's made audience like three versions of Clara, which none of those who have been a companion, period, have ever had to do. So I think out of that alone, you know, sets her apart. But in Catherine Tate, for for me, when she was in the one-off Runaway Bride, and I found out, oh, well, she, she's going to be a companion in the fourth series, I was totally against it. I was like, okay, this is just not going to work. And she turned out to be my favorite. So, um, you know, Jeff, I've got to agree with you on that one. But I can't give anything, like I said, away from Jenna Coleman simply for the fact of bringing three versions of the same character to life and staying on as long as she did. Because correct me if I'm wrong, since it's returned, she's the longest-serving companion. Is that right? I believe so. I think that's... Right. And and the other thing is as well, the, the, this thing that we've had, you know, these cold openings we've had, Lewis, um, where they've come back from an adventure. I mean, in many ways, uh, she's been travelling with the Doctor for just over two years, nearly three years, but um, she, she could have had many more adventures. She seems to me to have moved from a a 20-something young lady to 30. Um, and I've mentioned this before uh, on another call, that um, where, where Amy and Rory began to think they ought to stop travelling with the Doctor because the friends were noticing, you know, they go away for two-week holiday and come back two years older because they'd actually been on, you know, 10 or 12 adventures with the Doctor. Um, uh, and so I feel as though Clara's been with the Doctor in her physical age timeline, a good six or eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm hoping that some of those stories will be written. That, that's assuming that the doctor has always been coming back to the same Clara. Because with Ooh. Clara having been split across every yeah. bit of his timeline, there are many Claras around. Yeah, I think they stayed pretty much with this one because she's been growing all the time. Yeah, I think so, too. He hasn't had to start afresh with her. Who are you, mate? You know, you're not not me. Well, she would know who he is. Hmm. No, because each one would be attached to one of the doctors, wouldn't they? Theoretically, yes. Mm -hmm. But it's a valid point. Um, Yeah, I agree. Valid point. I'm just not sure on the logistics. <laughs> well, just trying to do that in a uh, TV show where actors age isn't very easy. Good point. Mm-hmm. Look at look, look at what happens anytime they try to put a child actor in a show. Look at um, um, Lost. I, I know that there was a character that they had to write out because you know time only. Sp- 
couple of days were supposed to have passed or weeks had passed and you know you're on season three or four and the 12 year old boy is now 15 or 16 obviously looking quite different than he did when the show started right one thing i mean i i i'm sorry that that this character's lost but one thing that opens up though is uh Tyrus, is the fact that um she can become on Doctor Who at any point in time because we've got all these various Claras, some of whom we may have, we've probably not met, and some of them have died, um, you know, a death in helping the Doctor, but others may have lived to ripe old age. So, I mean, Clara could come on the 60th anniversary episode, couldn't she? Uh, not this Clara, but another version of her. Um, uh, in her 40s, she could be visited. Uh, yeah, that's true. By a future. Oh, I haven't seen this doctor. Which and we've already seen the uh, dream old Clara. True. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so in some timelines, there must have been others that have you know, managed to help the doctor and survive. Well, some Doctor Who, anything is possible. True. Perhaps we ought to get back to this particular story. I mean, it's always, always great speculating, but I thought it was a, a, a very good episode. As I say, I thought it was a one-off. I thought it was a self-contained. I don't want to be spoiled. It was only when I read the web page that I noticed that, um, you know, it was part one of three. And as Paris quite rightly says, it did say to be continued at the end. Which... Do we want to discuss okay. the next time trailer or no? Well, we still have. Let's do one one more clip and then we'll do the next time trailer. So this is um, a, another okay. piece from um, last night's episode. I'm sorry, Doctor. I truly am. She was saving you. I was lost a long time ago. She was saving you. I've done my best. But I strongly advise you to keep out of my way. You'll find that it's a very small universe when I'm angry with you. I was kind of t- surprised that the that bracelet, the time bracelet, if whatever, for the lack of a better word, for whatever it's called, uh, had you know fallen off. I thought that was taking him to wherever he was going. Well, I, I thought that might be a plot point so that uh, me can follow him, maybe. Oh, that's uh, that's a possibility. See, I didn't even I didn't, I didn't even notice that. What what I what I was stuck on at that point was. I was sitting there going, you just left her in the street. <laughs> you know, that that was the only thing I did not uh, like. About yeah. This oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was like, okay, how? No ch- 
He had no choice. Oh, oh. I, mean, I mean, I know he had no choice, but 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 there was no scene of Rigsby or you know any to anyone. They just go back inside and continue this, which is basically the end of the story. But she is left laying in the street. <laughs> That's so, a good point. I, I, didn't, I didn't think of that. Only thing I did not like. Well, yeah, I wish you hadn't said that because it's just put another idea in my mind. You know the girl that Rigsby is supposed to have killed that we see lying on the street outside that he has no memory of? And that woman is put in this machine. We think she's dead, but it's a stasis machine. So we we may not we may see the stasis machine once again uh, Clara, <laughs> with Clara's body in it. It's anything's possible. Mm, things that make you go. Mm. But but with her stole being taken. Ooh. Well, I see. I'm Ooh. still not all up to speed on this whole quantum shade thing, and um, you know, I'm still not buying all of the particulars of it. And I think that's the problem I had with this episode was that um, it just seemed a little confusing, at least to me. I, and again, I admit I've only saw, saw it once, and um, it just seemed. Um, I don't know. And also there's that whole, you know, it just seemed to tap on this, you know, this magic thing as well, which is a a bit of a turnoff to me when it comes to Doctor Who, you know, with, um, you know, the shifting tattoos and the the tattoos are changing on the body and it's going off me or me and turning into... I don't know. It just it was a little too magical for me in that respect. And well, um, with with nanobots, you could probably do something like that. Yeah, but it just I don't know. It just it it was. So it, I didn't dislike the technology that's far enough advanced can look like magic. Yeah, I, no, I realize yeah. that, but it just it just seemed too, too much in the not not not. To the point where I got disinterested in it, it just was. It just seemed like it was just a little bit. Its toe was too much into the the magical pool for my taste. It was. It's merely a, a oh. taste issue, um, you know. And I just wasn't on so the edge Lewis, of my seat. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like based on what you just said and and, and commenting off of. Uh, what Dave said just a moment ago, it sounds like you might be getting into a little deep water here. Well, yeah, now, I realize is, this is only uh, think, a, of, think of that. This is only a uh, part one of three, so I, you know that's why I'm, I'm also hesitating on on giving a review of the story because I going into it, I thought it was going to be a one off, you know, complete story onto itself, not knowing that it's because it, I was under the, the, the what I had originally heard, and again, I, I was trying to avoid learning this myself, so I had heard that, it, that he was um, that this series was going to have. Like two one-off stories, and then uh, then like uh, would conclude in a two-parter, but uh, it's concluding in a three-parter as we see here. So you know, I don't know what you know. This is just part one of three, so you know, it's kind of hard to judge. I, I this. think I may have mentioned that when we were discussing the episode titles. Oh, perhaps yeah. The other review. Yeah, I mean that's no, fine. I it's you know it's just that i i guess i was expecting you know especially for someone like a you know clara a you know for her send off to be a, a little bit more an episode that i i would just be more enthralled in or more wrapped up in and uh, you know even though i i, I watched it and i think the acting in it was superb and um i didn't i i thought the production was outstanding i i didn't have any problems you know in that it's just the, it just wasn't 
a story that was compelling me and the whole thing with the quantum shade you know and the rules that were involved and it just seemed a little convenient that that may or me you know couldn't do anything about it and once the contract was broken i mean it's, it's and the doctor couldn't do anything against this this quantum shade and i you know it just seems it just seems like there are a lot of loose ends that weren't tied up for me to swallow it whole well that's kind of like the whole point of the first part of you are, the I, admittedly part. yes to be continued. exactly so that's why I, I sort of was prefacing this my um review of this contingent on the next two episodes and see how it unfolds i realizing this is only one one of three but you know going into it i didn't realize it was going to be that so i was sort of judging it on its own but then once i realized now that it's going to be continued i'll rather you know review it as a whole than try to review this little piece of it now if we go back to the first two episodes of this series Mm -hmm. we already had a uh a time where at the end of an episode we thought that Clara was dead and it could be that they might be playing a massive double bluff because normally mm-hmm. the production crew itself is very good at holding a lot of the spoilers from coming out at least from the standpoint of the principles of the uh of the story, I mean, of the production, but having Capaldi hint that this is Clara's last episode may have been part of a huge double bluff that we may still see her somehow. I think you're right. Yeah, and it wouldn't like, be... I'm, I don't know whether I'm right or not, because everything I've I've heard has been saying that this is Clara's last episode, but it could be a huge setup. Well, it could be, yeah. I mean, first of all, we talked about about the fact that it was a soul that may have been extracted. Next episode's called Heaven Sent, where the souls go to. Uh, The fact that we've got that stasis uh, machine that could hold a body that is without its soul uh, to be re... re, uh, but in some ways, I almost don't want them to save her now. I mean, I've gone through that emotional turmoil of saying goodbye to her, yeah. uh, and uh, well, so moving. Uh, but they've like already the, done well, this double bluff back well, with David Tennant's uh, yeah. regeneration. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, and and we d- we did it with Clara. We did it with uh, Danny Pink. You know where you know. We think we've seen the last of him, and then he's back again in some other plane of existence. And right, think about Rory. I mean, yeah, Rory. Rory well, is Rose, another classic. Rose was in a whole other. Rose was in a whole other different dimension that was locked away. So you had mentioned the next episode, David, and uh, we we saw a little bit in the next time trailer, and that next time trailer to me really felt like it had like the feel of the mind robber almost like that first episode where you don't know what's going on and where you are Teresa I'll play it right and here I, I'm, and I'm really looking forward to that go ahead Me too. this whole place is designed to terrify me 
I know you. I've seen you before. If you're any part of killing her and you're not afraid, then you understand nothing at all. I am the doctor. I'm coming to find you. And I will never, ever stop. Gosh, that sounded like Hitchcock music there, you know, almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the sound yeah, of the, your the, scene in one of them. The, the visuals really are a bit more indicative of what I was saying than yeah. than the audio back there, because yeah. it, it really doesn't give the, the 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 full picture where you saw the, these various scenes that kind of you really couldn't tell where where you were. There was a funny machine behind the doctor right at the end, like a a thing that had like three columns round it. I was trying to work out what that was. At first, I thought it was the Lazarus experiment machine. It, it kind of looked like a mashup of a lot of things. One which could be something that looked like the the silent TARDIS or the uh, the Doctor's TARDIS from the TV movie. A bunch of things, of course, the uh, the Lazarus machine. There, there were many things that it kind of evoked. But right. it, it, like you said, it's really hard to, to pin it down as to where, whether we've seen that before or not. And the very first clip in that uh, next time, you see the Doctor walking, there's a wall, and you see a shadow. And for all I thought, I didn't. is it a hand or is it a raven's wing? It almost looked like the feathers of a raven's wing. Um, there was like these... Um, just as the very first scene, you see the doctor walking along, and there's a, a, a white wall with a window, and then onto the white wall, it looks like a shadow. And you're not sure whether it's a hand coming on, or whether it's, I thought it might mean like bird's feathers. It's the Black Guardian. Didn't he have a raven on his head? Ah! <laughs> ah yeah. That was the dove. And the, uh, the, the, what some people would call the pigeon, the, the dark one. <laughs> All right, so, so um, we have to wait until next to week to see or? how it unfolds. I, um, like I said, I, if I had to rate this on its own, um, you know, and again, I'm, it's just going to be contingent on me seeing it again and, and seeing how the next two episodes unfold. But um, I was, you know, now that I was... I don't want to say disappointed, but I was—I and I didn't really have expect. I just was—I, even though I didn't have expectations, I was still ex- expecting a, just something a little bit more on the edge of my seat, and I didn't really feel anything with with Clara's death that I was hoping to feel, and maybe could could have just been the time that I was watching it, and um, you know, uh, whatever that was affecting me at the time. But um, so I'm I'm going to just give it the right now a, a middle of the road, you know, two and a half tortoise groans. Until um, and then we'll see how this unfolds, you know. So um, I was hoping for a little more, you know, knowing that this was going to be Clara's last episode. I was just expecting, just hoping. I guess I was just hoping for something that would just be a little bit more compelling to me personally. And it was just the the whole. I just felt the whole quantum shade thing and was a little confusing and. 
um, and, and why there was nothing that could be done and why their hands were tied. Just I, I, Maybe from when I watch it again, it will be more clear to me. It just Upon watching it only once and the first time, it just didn't seem as clear as it could have been. Or maybe you just need to wait until you've seen the exactly. next or the yeah. next uh, episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, one, what you've been mentioning got me thinking again about uh, if this is a companion death. And uh, we've had one other one beforehand. And that was with Adric. That happened at the end of a story, the last episode mm-hmm. of the story that he was in. The previous companion death actually did not happen at the end of a Well, the prior one did, but the one before that did not happen at the very end of the story, but happened in the, in the first third in uh if we go back to the Daleks master plan when Katarina sacrificed herself to, to save the doctor, it was if I'm not mistaken in the fourth episode, and there we still had a good eight more episodes to go of that story. So this would harken back to kind of a parallel like that where we have a companion that doesn't go through the whole story. Yeah. Because usually the companions either depart or disappear at the end of the story and not really in the middle. Right. Well, I think I'm going to hold off. I'm going to do like Lewis. I'm going to hold off till we've seen part two and part three before I give my review because I'm, I'm equally in agreement that, uh, you know, I wanted a little bit more emotion from Clara's exit scene, and I didn't get that. So I want to wait and see how this plays out before I give what I think of, you know, the overall. So I'm going to hold off. Well, I think that there was a lot of emotion. It's just that the way this episode was paced was in such a way that you were kind of expecting, if you weren't spoiled, you were kind of expecting something to happen at the last minute to fix things. And then they spring the trap on you that, no, we can't fix this. So in this way, they kind of took some of the oxygen out of the room to, to make it uh, a bit more difficult to, to handle. But, um there's a couple of things in text chat, but it, it, I'll just go next, give Lewis a chance to check things. Um, uh, for the acting, this is a five out of five. I mean, and the juxtaposition of this episode, you know, after last week's one, which uh, I'm getting quite a bit from now, The Sleep No More, but it left me fairly stone cold on initial watching. It failed as an experiment. It's laudable, and I think a number of people have said they've got more out of it with successive viewings, but I think it failed as an entertainment on the night, uh, and, and, and I had no emotion about those people uh, and their fates. Here, I couldn't have been more invested with Clara, um, and although I would be happy for it to stay, I feel as though 
really. I, if, she, if she has died, what I saw as a, a, a noble and brave death, um, in some ways I don't want the next couple of weeks to, to undermine that in one respect. Uh, I would like her to come back in a guest role, perhaps from one of her other personas, uh, another splinter of her. But for me, um, I almost wish this was a standalone episode. Um, but obviously there were some things there, as, as was mentioned, why did this, this transporter bracelet fall off the Doctor? More logically, like the, uh, the one that um, you know, Captain Jack uses, it, it, it goes with you so you can get back again. Um, there are there are things here that we may not understand the meaning, but for me, uh, the acting made this a five out of five. Um, if they, if they undermine the story, that could go down from a five, uh, four to a three. But at the moment, the story's a four as well. I, I really enjoyed this one. I was, um, even though it was very sad, I was so involved with it. Maybe the uh, the bracelet is a, a one way ticket, and that's what we meant to take away from that. That maybe that you know wherever it whisks the doctor off to, that we're supposed to be um, you know implied that there's no way for him to get back. And then when we see the TARDIS at the very end, and, and he's stuck there without his TARDIS. Yeah, basically. and and we see that yeah. the TARDIS we can assume has been sitting there for a while. That it's you know um, is now a memorial to you know standing as a memorial to Clara. Right. And that's kind of a hint that maybe Clara isn't coming back in these next two episodes. Mm. Good point. If that is a period of time between when uh, the events happened and when Rixie painted up the TARDIS as the memorial. Yeah, which is all just we're assuming now, but, you know, we'll see. Right. All right. Any other uh, final comments? Um, just a bit of, we have some stuff in text. Some in text. Chat. Yeah. Well, so, I thought this was good television, mixing in quite a few different types of feelings of different types of uh, sci-fi or fantasy programs into uh, sort of a a coherent whole. Uh, we, we've seen uh, the show again referenced back onto itself a little bit, but not in too crazy a, a way. It was nice having Rigsby back because this character was a very good character from Flatline, yes. which is one of the stories from last year that I really enjoyed. So it was, it was good television. Mm. Agreed. Well said. Lewis, are you going to read those things out? Or? Yeah, we can. Um, I'm just. Um, where did we leave off? Just so. I mean, I know Rice Pudding put in that the tattoo um, would have been. Would, would he, I'm sorry. The tattoo would have to be placed on it. This is uh, talking about why. Um, the tattoo. Okay, let's back up because this is actually a response to something else that was said in, in chat here. And I should just remind anyone that's listening after the fact that during the live shows we do, um, you know, one way to participate in the live show is um, there's an online chat, online chat, online chat session that takes place while the show takes. Put your tea 
Jason. Yeah, I should, Jason, yes. Though. I'm so disoriented. Uh, an online chat that goes on while we record. And this is uh, via TalkShoe, uh, you know, where we record the live shows at TalkShoe.com. Um, so if you would like to participate on the live shows in that respect, if you don't, if you're shy about your voice being heard, you could um, chime in with your keyboard and, or, you know, however you can put text in. Or emoticons. <laughs> emoticons, yes. So, um uh, so sort of backing up to why, um, you know, understanding why um, Clara had to die and this whole thing with the quantum shade and um, the rules that were involved. Um, Jeff had put in saying that that he was uh, he was agreeing with me that he didn't understand why nothing could have been done and why Clara didn't give the tattoo back. And, um, you know, why the tattoo couldn't be uh, taken away from or why the tattoo couldn't have been taken away from Clara. And um, Rice Pudding Brain, Steve had put in that the tattoo would have to be placed on another innocent or on me, who is immortal, which would not satisfy the um, quantum shade, I'm assuming um, he meant there. Um, but, I, you know, why does it have to be satisfied? I mean, we still, it just seems what, what would have been, you know, if, if this quantum, you know, this is me speaking now, if the quantum shade couldn't have been satisfied, couldn't that isn't that what the doctor does all the time is is um you know and when he battles these uh, these but basically would have broke the contract the street would lose its invisibility all those people all those aliens in the street would now be at the mercy of being discovered or whatever so or they would be at the mercy of each other because yeah. they basically have a pact to yeah. not yeah destroy each other. Yeah, Jeff says... That's uh, kind of what was alluded to by Rob. He just chimed in right now that the contract was already broken, but I, I it just, it, it seemed to me it wasn't clear. I just felt it it just wasn't really, I didn't I, I wasn't... Now I had another now I had another thought we're dealing with the quantum shade and a chronolock we've heard the term quantum lock before and that Ooh, brings good. us back to the Weeping Angels. So could this maybe even have something to, to do with, if not the Weeping Angels, something similar to them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything well, possible? we shall find out. And uh, Jeff also chimed in earlier in chat saying, not sure why the doctor's specific key was needed for the lock or how did they make the keyhole for the keys. So, I mean, that's, we have to assume that's what we were sort of implying Dave, before. Uh, alluded to that earlier. Yeah that, yeah, that maybe it's someone that's familiar with the doctor's key or, you know, keyhole or the lock. Someone that's familiar with um, TARDISes, perhaps. Who knows? I mean, that's, that's what we're, we're the guessing at this point. The keymaster or the gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We speculated about that before Jeff joined us. I think. Yeah. Oh, quite possibly. You know, we did see a character earlier in this series at the, um, which we haven't seen since. You know, and I'd be kind of surprised if we don't see that character again before the series ends. Did we get any ratings in text? I didn't see any. No, I didn't see any. And Jeff's asking exactly how how it was made. I, I mean, point taken because um, 
you know, we we have to assume that that Mayo me or you know made it or or maybe some of the aliens there. I don't know. Or whoever the people are that she made the deal with. Yeah, that's true. Don't, don't, people don't forget person. if you if you go back to a Gallifrey story, people have had the TARDIS key in the hand, but it won't open the door even though they've got it in the hand and they can make it. It's still not open the door. Remember where was it uh, the assassin one where they were trying to get into the TARDIS and they were trying tard different TARDIS keys they could get but they couldn't open it. Hmm. So maybe well, somebody... we also learned in the past that the uh, the TARDIS is isomorphically yeah, that's, yeah. linked with uh, its operator. Yeah. So there's that consideration as well so it kind of alludes to who would have access to that sort of technology well Jeff put um, his rating in in, um, in the chat is uh, 3.5 TARDIS drones out of 5 I think that's going to wrap up our review um, you can also catch uh, the Cultum Collective who, which had reviewed the same um episode earlier this afternoon on on their podcast and um dave had headed that up um so you can catch that as well on your favorite podcasting client and um we will be back i'm not sure if it's going to be a live show or we'll be doing it at some point we're going to we got a few episodes if you listen to this live we have a few episodes pending in the can that will be going out um, and then we have other we have a couple other reviews to catch up on that um, because of scheduling conflicts we couldn't do a live show on so we'll do we'll probably do those as studio shows um, and then we'll, at um, at some point we'll do a wrap up of the whole you know series and so anything that we sort of missed tie it up in a neat little bow exactly anything yeah. that we missed out on you know any particulars that we or any thoughts that we we want to return to we can um, return to at that point so uh, more Doctor Who Pachak coming up more content more Doctor Who's coming up we got two more episodes two new two more new episodes of this series coming up. And then we have our. Uh, and Christmas. Oh, I was just going to say. Uh, our, and we have a Christmas episode. Is it special? Is that still a, a thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Because now. Oh, yeah. This it se- is still a thing. This series um, is, um, is running I, a little late. River- you know, because we're already oh. mid November. I mean, we're basically. What's today's the 22nd, so we're a month out from Christmas itself. So um, we got two that, more that- weeks. So it's not going to be a, usually there's a long gap from the end of the series. Not that long of a gap, but usually there's a somewhat of a gap between the end of the series when it concludes and when the Christmas special is. But now there's it's it seems well, like it's only going to be a couple of weeks or so. There's a difference when you're broadcasting in the spring and when you're broadcasting. Oh in the yeah, fall. yeah, but or even if you're broadcasting in the fall with a shorter but, run than yeah. you normally have. But even last so year, it started we earlier. Haven't been used to. It, right. it's, it started, I think, in, in mid-August or, or and towards the end of August last year. I mean, not that I'm complaining. I'm just, it's just what it is, what it is. Yeah, uh, let me just add a couple of things. First of all, I don't know if we gave Jeff's rating three and a half out of five. Yeah, I did. But uh, just a point in, in question, um, the last two episodes are extended ones, by the way. Uh, the next episode is uh, 50, uh, 
In a 55-minute time slot, and, and the, the last final one. is a 65-minute time slot. Mm. Yeah, so we're mm. getting an extra 30 minutes. So although we're only getting 12 episodes, uh, instead of getting a 13th episode of 45 minutes, we are getting an extra 30 minutes uh, of content. So, so it's not quite as much as last series where we had the first episode mm-hmm. was the equivalent of uh, a two-part length. But uh, we're still not getting only 12 episodes yeah. worth of content, but slightly more than 12. Oh, good points, yeah. All right. Well, um, as always, we want to hear what you have to say. So we welcome your feedback. And you could, um, you know, after the fact, of course, you could always chime in during the live ch- live show while we're recording it to give your feedback. But after the fact, you can always send your feedback to the Doctor Who public call the Dr. Pachak public call box at 206-337-4699 again that's 206-337-4699 and it's a works as with like um voicemail you can just leave a message um at the recording there and um you know and it will be um you know we can put it on our show uh just I, I always recommend going to our website, net and making sure the number hasn't changed because that's a possibility. So if you depending on when you're listening to this recording, it may have changed. So always check our website to make sure that number is still the current number for the public call box. Uh, alternatively, you can always send feedback to uh, feedback at net. Again, that's feedback at net. You can, um, and since it's an audio podcast, we prefer that you uh, record an audio pod, you know audio content and send it to us um and then we could play that on the show or if not we'll still read out emails as well and can i say for the phone box it's for important feedback don't just ring us to say you've got a tattoo <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> and uh, don't ask us well, to go back in time to change it test. If it's a TARDIS tattoo, then we'll, we'll accept that. Yes, yeah, which uh, many <laughs> listeners do have. So um, it's within reason that it could be. Pictures, please. <laughs> All right. So um, until next time, uh, I guess that's going to wrap things up. Any any other final, um, any, anyone has anything else to plug or anything else that I missed? Well, I want to restate once again, happy birthday, Dave yes. Cooper. Yes, thank oh, you for reminding me. Once again, Dave, thank you so much. Happy birthday to you. One day older than Doctor Who. <laughs> exactly. And for those celebrating if, uh, Doctor Who's anniversary, happy anniversary, happy 52 uh, to Doctor Who. Oh, cheers. Just had another 17 years, and you're about right. <laughs> Enjoy your wine after the podcast. You know that's going to be the case. Very perceptive, <laughs> yes. All righty. So until then, uh, we'll say goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. Podshock.
This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. Who is Dave A.C.? V-Blogger. Podcast host. Doctor Who fan. Wine aficionado. And gadget guru. The man with the plan. The gentleman podcaster. Catch him on Doctor Who Podchalk. The CIA podcast. And his very own V-Blog at www.daveac.lip.tv. He's suave. He's debonair. He's British. He is Dave. Dave A.C. Now that reminds me, where did I park the Aston Martin? <laughs> A little dated, but that always works. Yeah, the repertoire. Oh, I love that. Not on Blip TV anymore. It's World TV. Dot, uh, World TV. That's it. And CIA's got, now uh, Colton Collective. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, we'll uh, end this uh, recording here. <laughs>